Welcome to Cinema Adventure. We're a movie podcast where every week we sit down and have a discussion about a film, usually something very refined and sure. something that you would recommend to your grandparents that they would go see in a fancy pop-up theater on the weekend and get the nice popcorn with the extra butter. This week, we're talking about such a film. That's we're, true. Blake, would you please art. do the honor of introducing our film for this week? Um, we're watching uh, The Masterpiece. Um, the Great Muppet Caper from 1981, directed by Jim Henson. Oh, and it feels so good. It's It feels great. We have been planning to do an episode on Great Muppet Caper forever. It's been a long time. I feel like just watching it this one time, like it cleared my skin, it eased all my stresses, um, it watered my crops. I just have never felt better in my life. It's like falling in love for the first time. Honestly, it just it feels good. It's like a warm embrace. But it's a movie. So, Blake, you look like you're ready to run into this episode right now. Do I? Oh. Yeah, you do. Why do I, Aiden? Well, Blake, you're sitting in our blue studio with the freshly painted blue walls wearing your blue tracksuit. Hell yeah. This Adidas tracksuit yeah. with the three stripes all the way down your entire body. That's true. I've never seen you wear something like this. I just purchased it. I've always wanted to own a tracksuit, but I've never bought one. And now I feel like... I'm enjoying wearing it so much. It's so comfortable that I think I want to get, like, every color possible and just have, <laughs> I think, throw away all my clothes and just have tracksuits. I don't know if that sounds good to you or not. I'm kind of considering it. They're a little bit expensive, though, so I don't, it's going to have to be, like, a slow process of doing that. Maybe we should both get red ones and then we can be, like, those characters in there the Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, we should have, we should have purchased them f- just to film the, ep- or, yeah, record the episode. And then it would have been, who knows, maybe we would have been like more in sync with the movie. We would have been wicked synchronized. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I take it you've seen this movie I a have. number of times. Yeah. I've like always been obsessed with the Muppets, and I think it has to do with the fact that my parents, they grew up with the Muppets. And so when I was a kid, uh, they, it was very important to them that uh, we also watched a lot of Muppet content. I had a VHS of this movie. I think my grandma actually had it, and then we stole it from her, like on the DL. And then we took it to our house and just watched it obsessively. So I've seen it many, many, many times. I haven't watched it for a while, though, because, like, we got rid of our VHS player. So I just, for some reason, haven't had the energy to, like, get a new copy. So this was very refreshing. I didn't grow up on the Muppets. <gasps> I know. Uh, so I did grow up on Sesame Street, though, like, as a little, little kid. It's good. It's still really <laughs> good, though. the same people. It's really good, though. But <laughs> here's the thing. I, I watched The Great Muppet Caper for the first time last year probably mm. like six months ago no probably not even that long ago probably really? four months ago i watched wow, it the first time so recent, so because you because we talked about it on oh really yeah because i watched it and then we talked about it when we did our episode on my man godfrey uh-huh. we went off on a tangent about them riding bicycles <laughs> which i'm sure we're going to talk about again oh, of course because it's wild it's amazing <laughs> but no I, I i saw it again just last night and it was better the second time it's it, it so improved good. with a second watching which i didn't expect Oh, I feel like all the Muppet stuff is like that. Like, honestly, for me, anything Muppet-related is almost just like comfort food. If there's nothing to watch and I just I need to be cheered up, I feel like pretty much anything Muppets, whether it's one of their movies, whether it's an episode of The Muppet Show, doesn't matter. All so good. I haven't, And it's funny, too, because like you had said I was better second viewing. I feel like I haven't seen it since I was probably, you know, in middle school, maybe. So I feel like now I picked up on so many more jokes that I had really never paid attention to, which is always really nice. The film is laden with jokes, too. Oh, they it's are, filled they with are jokes. They are constant, quick, and mm-hmm. they're always coming at you. 
It's a joke a minute. It's like, it reminds me a lot of the style of the Zucker brothers who wrote and directed um, Airplane. So it's that kind of same humor where it's just constant. It's kind of dumb funny. It's very self-referential constant. Like in this movie, I feel like the characters are constantly like breaking the fourth wall or like saying how like something is expositional dialogue just to our faces. But yeah, it's a very sharp comedic style. It works very well, I think. I would say that it is that kind of dumb comedy, like what you said, Mm -hmm. when you're in a room filled with only Muppets, but when it's Muppets who are interacting with people, mm-hmm. there it gets a little, there's a little more of an edge to it. Yeah. And it seems like the interactions with the people is what's, it, that's for the adults who are watching the film, yeah. right? And anything that Diana Riggs says in this film or what John Cleese says, all of that, I mean, it's funny if you're a kid, I'm sure, but it's very, very funny if you're an adult and you oh, kind of so know good. the direction they're coming from. Yeah. There's a line when Miss Piggy shows up in London at, at Miss Holiday's Fashion <laughs> Institute Miss Holiday is played by Diana Rigg. And Miss Piggy shows up and she says, I want to be a high fashion model. And Miss Holiday says, doesn't surprise me the way we're going. <laughs> <laughs> There's another scene, I think like later in that, like Lady Holiday goes on this big, kind of like a monologue almost about how her brother Nikki, who's played by Charles Gordon, is not to be trusted and he's very sketchy and it's a very long thing. And Miss Piggy's like, well, why are you telling me this? And um, she kind of just goes like, oh, it's exposition. It has to go somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. So, like, the whole movie, a lot of the humor. I mean, from the get-go, like, the opening sequence, which is, like, Kermit, Fozzie Bear, and Gonzo, they're in a parachute or a hot air balloon in the sky. And, like... Right off the bat, like, Kermit's like, this is just the opening credits. And Fozzie's like, how much longer is this going to take? He's like, just, like, a minute from now it'll be done, basically. And then, like, they, what, like, the parachute or the balloon drops and they just go into the city. Like, it's just, like, such a meaningless opening. It's only there, honestly, just to be funny, I guess, and develop the comedic style. Oh, yeah. But... That opening so number, once they end up in the city and there's the the big dance and song bit. Yeah. Because this movie is a musical. Yeah. Uh, the I big song. Them. I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> I kind of forgot it, even though I watched it so recently. But that whole song and dance number at the beginning is chaos. It's chaos. And, like, the, isn't the whole song about how, like, they're filming a movie, basically? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's, like, chaos is, like, alluding to the fact that they are filming a Muppet movie. And even then, like, in that scene, they pretty blatantly tell us like who they're playing like so Kermit and Fozzie are playing identical twin investigative reporters and Gonzo is their photographer and like they tell us that basically and then they kind of go into the plot we're just kind of plopped into this movie with all this great humor and I feel like it's so sharp that you're like okay great let's just do whatever journey this becomes I'll be happy to go on it do you want to give a brief plot description yeah I'm gonna keep it incredibly brief yeah I feel like that's the best way to do it yeah Kermit (laughs) Fozzie and Gonzo all go on an adventure. They're in the States working as journalists. Their boss doesn't like them. They decide, we're out of here. We're going to go to England to write a story about Miss Holiday, this fashion person. And they go to England, and they meet Miss Piggy, and they get involved in a diamond heist that they find out about and they try to stop. Yeah. And there's a lot of singing along the way. Yeah. They're basically there because the Lady Holiday character, her, like, some jewels were stolen. And so they're going to write about it because I guess, like, they, instead of writing about the story, they missed it. And, like, instead wrote about themselves joining the staff. So that's kind of their way of atoning for their sins (laughs) is uh, writing kind of a profile on her, I guess. And then they discover that her brother's planning on stealing her, it's called the Baseball Diamond. And it's on display in the Mallory Gallery, which is a high security... (laughs) 
museum. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah. And you know, and it was only just now when you said it out loud that I realized that baseball diamond was a joke <laughs> on, on the, I mean, I knew it was a joke because uh, the, the diamond is A, the size of a baseball, <laughs> B, displayed on a baseball glove when they find it. Oh, I didn't but, notice that. But now, <laughs> but now C, I'm realizing it's a play on the word baseball diamond, which is the field that you play baseball on. That's right. Like, oh, oh man. So this This movie is full of layers. It's layered. Yeah. Like, even when, like, they're at the, the climax, when they're trying to foil the robbers stealing the diamond, it turns, they, like, are playing catch with it, and then it, like, turns into a game of baseball, essentially. Oh, and there's some character, some <laughs> Muppet character who's sitting up in the rafters, and yeah, he's calling popcorn. all the, he's calling all the plays. It's like a Kermit's winding oh up God. for the catch. It's so funny. Oh, yeah. It's wonderful. <laughs> One of my favorite running jokes that they, like, start from the beginning is um, how, like, Kermit and Fozzie are identical twins, and I guess no one can tell them apart unless... Fozzie's wearing that hat. Yeah, there's like a part where like their boss says like how he su- they suck basically, and the only reason that he hired them is because he was friends with their dad. And then they show a picture of it's basically just Fozzie but with green fur. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I like lost it. I don't know how I missed that. You I, to- missed I completely that? Oh missed that. That's <laughs> wonderful. There's a great scene where they're once they're in England and they're sitting on a bench, and. Uh, this man and his daughter walk by, and, and she points at Kermit. He says, like, Dad, look, it's a bear. <laughs> something like that. Or is it, does she point at Fozzie and say, look at that, like, weird frog or something? <laughs> something like uh, and the dad, the dad corrects, corrects her and says, like, no, that's not, it's not a bear. It's not a bear because bears wear hats or something. Yeah, like it's, it's not a bear. Like bears that. wear hats, yeah. Yeah, all the humor is like that. <laughs> and honestly, like, I wish... More comedies did this kind of humor. Like, there's just like something so good about. It. I guess like, I bring this movie up a lot, but even it's like the screen movies were like just that sense of like self awareness to me is always very appealing. I feel like the movie could be really stupid, but like, if it at some point comments on the fact that it's a movie or whatever, like I'm just I don't know, kind of get some bonus points for me there. <laughs> yeah, no, there's there's a good way and a bad way to break the fourth wall, and this movie does it the right way. Yeah, I feel like usually the Muppet movies do that. Like, thinking about all their movies, like, they, in some capacity or another, they usually do. That is kind of their humor. It's kind of this Zucker Brothers style. I think even, like, the Muppet Show television program, like, they kind of kept that same kind of cheeky humor, which I've always really appreciated. And I think it works, too, because, I mean, if you think about it, like, so much of it is so absurd. I mean, we're watching, like, anthropomorphic animals running around basically like solving a crime so it's so ludicrous so then to have it kind of balanced out with this very witty humor i don't know it really just like it all ties together very well so it's like it's absurd but it's also like very aware that it's absurd so i think the movie does such a good job of capturing that absurdity and pushing mm. the boundaries of breaking the fourth wall For sure. that it made me question the like the validity of the universe that it was taking place in. Yeah. I was watching it with a friend yeah. last night and we were both kind of holding our heads and looking at the the screen during the scene where Kermit and Miss Piggy get into an argument and he tells her that she's overacting. <laughs> and and they they get into this huge argument. She's like, "I'm not overacting." And then they're like, "Okay, well, we need we just need to com- we just need to continue the scene. We're just going to move <laughs> past this." So, right it, it makes you question, does the Muppet movie, this Muppet movie, The Great Muppet Caper, take place in the same universe as The Muppet Show and the Muppets are just yeah. playing characters in a movie that they've made? Because that lies on the assumption that Muppets are, in fact, real. Yeah. And, and I believe that. I, I think they're real. they're real. Oh, for sure. I want them to be real. Yeah, because then it, does, it makes you wonder, too, like, 
is it like is there someone they never like turn the camera around necessarily to show like the director so like who's direct like is Jim Henson directing it because he also has a cameo where he's not playing Jim Henson so it's like how how self-referential are we going to be right I mean I really know I guess what I like to think of this movie like the way that I like to think that it works Mm. is that all the Muppets from the Muppet show one day decided we should make a movie and that's (laughs) what this is yeah no basically like, but I'm, I wish I could almost have, like, the nitty-gritty, like, in the Muppet universe. Like, who wrote it? Who is, like, like is Kermit directing it? Like, you don't really... I would love to know. I wish there were almost, like, what they should have done, which I wish they did, is, like, they did, like, one of those, like, behind-the-scenes documentary things, but instead it's, like, the fictionalized behind-the-scenes, but, like, as the Muppets, if you know what I mean. I feel like that sounds, like... I know what you very mean. Very complicated <laughs> to yeah. think about it. Yeah. There's it so would many... be very convoluted, but also... It, it, it seems like it would almost pass the point of being funny onto just being too strange to comprehend. Oh, I love it. But also, yeah, no, I, I think I, I would totally it take it. Yeah, That's director's a... commentary done by Kermit, you know? <laughs> On, oh, my God, that would be so good. I would totally, I would, like, eat that up so much. <laughs> Which is funny because I don't think a lot of people realize, because I do, I do feel like there is a huge part of the population who maybe is kind of unaware of the Muppets, and they don't, they're not really familiar with their style, and so because of that, they'll kind of see puppets and just automatically think that it's weird or, like, maybe childish or something. And I feel like people don't realize, like, just how smart it is a lot of the time. Because it is, I think, honestly, I mean, it is geared toward kids, I guess, but I honestly feel like... As an adult, I enjoyed it more than I did when I was a kid. And I loved it as a kid. So I feel like that's saying something if it's even better, you know, at an older age. This is this is what the rating G is supposed to mean. Honestly. General audiences yeah. should not mean, oh, this is appropriate for kids. It means movies for everybody. Honestly, yeah. I, I feel the same way about, about video games. They used to have, mm-hmm. uh, before they rated, before the ESRB rated games as E, T, and M, there originally was no E. It was K-A was the original oh. rating, kid to adult. Oh. And I really like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of sad that that's gone. I mean, everybody is kind of a better label. Yeah. It's easier to read. You don't go, no, K-A, sure. what's that? You're just E. <laughs> oh, it means everybody. Okay, yeah. that makes more sense. But I like the sentiment behind uh, K-A. No, for sure. No, it definitely applies here. I think all the Muppet stuff really does for the most part. Like, I can't really think of... Uh, like a, I mean, granted, I haven't seen like everything Muppet related, but I feel like for the most part, it all is very friendly for all ages, which is something that I've always appreciated about it too. Like, yeah, I remember like watching, like the Muppets Wizard of Oz when I was a kid. Like my dad's like sitting over there cackling too. So I mean, it's like, it's everybody. I guess it's like the Lego movies like that too. Like just those kinds of children's movies that are, you know. Not just for the kiddos. And those are the ones that are going to stand the test of time. Oh, definitely. Right? You have a movie like this, which we're still talking about. We're still wanting yeah. to go back and revisit it. Oh, totally. You know, there's, think about any of the Disney kind of animated movies. I would go back and rewatch Aladdin right mm. now or Mulan yeah. even. These are movies that, that will hold up. You know, a movie like, what's that movie that's coming out? Is it Duck, Duck, Goose? Have you seen the trailers for that? Oh, I haven't. Oh, jeez. I was thinking there's like a cupcake song called Duck, Duck, Goose. So I feel like my association with that song is very dirty now. But if there is a movie, you know. <laughs> yeah, Duck, Duck, Goose it. looks very much, I think it's DreamWorks. Oh, okay. It looks very much geared towards mm. kids. It doesn't look like the kind of thing that's going to hold up. Then again, yeah. I've only seen a trailer. It's probably yeah. a very bad example. Yeah, I wonder. I feel like DreamWorks has kind of gone off the deep end since Shrek, so I don't really trust it. But I'm trying to think of what they've done. And I can't really think of anything. And I feel like what they have done hasn't been as high in quality. 
but who can say? <laughs> I know a much better example. Something that's gonna that's gonna stay around forever are most of the Studio Ghibli movies. Oh yeah, like Spirited Away Amazing. or you know Howl's Moving Castle. Yeah. those are movies for everybody. Those are fantastic movies. and incredible films. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Love Henson. Love all these filmmakers who just they can just make it. I honestly think that that's, that takes like a a whole and a whole different level of talent, like to be able to make something that can appeal to everyone. That's like very difficult when you're not necessarily working for a specific audience necessarily. I mean, you are technically working for families, I guess, but to be able to just make something that can appeal to everyone, like that's that takes some skill for sure. Oh, Blake. <laughs> yes. Would you please give me some of those oh. very fun, fun facts? Oh, I guess, if you really want me to. Do you think you could attach them to string and parade them around the room? I could, you know, I'll you could, try could as hard as I can. you animate them? I hopefully could. I'll try as hard as I can. I guess we mentioned this earlier, we haven't talked about it yet, but there's um, a pivotal scene in the movie where the Muppets are riding bikes through a park. In, are they in England? They are, right? So oh, yeah. riding bikes through it, it's very impressive. And I also feel like this scene doesn't exist for any other reason to other than to like impress us, basically. Because it looks like they're actually riding bikes. It worked. It works. It I worked. was so impressed. I'm blown away still. So I blown don't, away. Are you about to tell me how they did it? Kind of. <gasps> I feel like I didn't get as much. I think there is a video. I haven't seen it. But I'm pretty sure there is a video online somewhere that shows them doing it. Oh my god! I know it's complicated. I feel like I don't want to know because it'll. I want to believe that it's there's kind of Muppets. Interesting. Yeah. Actually, I could be wrong. I don't know if there's a video. I think because my family we have like a Muppets coffee table book where they take you behind the scenes of a lot of their things, and I think there was maybe pictures in that that I'm thinking of. Okay. So okay. I think you're safe. But anyway, I guess so. The end of the bicycle scene where because at first it's just like Kermit and Miss Piggy, but at the end, like pretty much the entire ensemble, they all get on bikes. And I guess all they really did is they just, like, attached them all to these bikes, and they just took them all together. Brian Henson, who's Jim Henson's son, he, they, like, attached it to this oversized tricycle that he was riding, and I guess he just, like, he and a bunch of other puppeteers, they had attached them to them, and they just, like, rode bikes, basically, and just managed to somehow keep them upright, I guess, by doing that, which I don't really get, personally. That is insane. I'd have to see it in motion but i guess that's how they did it is they just like rode straight and they somehow just managed to also follow them okay which seems so hard well check the description of the episode after you're finished <laughs> listening to us because on the off chance that i found pictures of this i'll i'll put them in there yeah please find it and also please find it this is true because this is you know imdb so you know there's always that chance that someone's just making stuff up so i i think it's real probably sounds real i think it sounds real we had mentioned earlier there's, like, the girl in the park who thinks that Kermit is a bear, <laughs> um, and that is actually Christine Nelson, who's daughter of one of the Muppeteers, Jerry Nelson, who I can't think of who exactly he does, but he does, like, some of the main puppeteering in the movie. But, yeah, that's her, and I guess she suffered from cystic fibrosis and actually died from it a year after this movie came out. That's tragic. That's so tragic. I had no idea. I had no idea it was Jerry Nelson and his daughter either, so there's that was a very loaded... <laughs> Fun fact with the, it really isn't fun at all. So that was a sad fact. Very sad fact. Rest in peace, Christine. There's another seed. I guess we haven't mentioned this one either, which I guess, you know, we should talk about it eventually. But famously, there's a scene in the movie where Miss Piggy 
as part of like a water ballet sequence. Oh my gosh. Which, like the bike thing, is really not there for any other reason to be technically impressive. But to give viewers an understanding, it's like a scene from like an Esther Williams movie, just like this big, it's almost like a dance number, but underwater. It's synchronized swimming. Synchronized swimming, basically, with a puppet at the center, so there you go. But yeah, it was obviously the most difficult to shoot because they would kind of plan stuff out before what they were going to do, but like because everyone was like underwater when it was actually happening, they couldn't like say like, oh, like fix that or whatever. So it would like take a really long time to communicate. And so it ended up taking like forever to do it. There were like 18 professional swimmers who had to dive in the pool at the same time. So it was just like chaos, I guess. But I guess it paid off. And Frank Oz, who um, kind of directed the scene, uh, but he also is the voice and puppeteer for Miss Piggy. But he said it was very fun because he really likes the water. So being underwater for a week was really enjoyable to him. So I guess that's good to have that positive spin because I feel like that sounds horrible. Frank Oz has done so many he's done characters. A lot. I can't believe so many that, characters. I can't believe that he's the voice of Miss Piggy <laughs> and he plays that character, but uh, then he's also the voice of Yoda. He does it all. He's so talented. And he's a good director too. Like he's directed I mean I can't the only reason, I can't remember why, I don't know why, but the only movie I can think of that he's directed is, like, House Sitter with Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn. But, like, I mean, he's just directed a lot of movies, too. So he's just a very multi-talented man. His Twitter's good, too. Really? I didn't know yeah, he has Twitter. Yeah, he has Twitter. It's, like, he just got it. Oh, okay. I he's recent like to Twitter. I have to, like, follow it right now. He's always spouting off wisdom and answer, answering people's questions. Really? Oh, my God. I should ask Frank something. You should. I should ask if maybe... I feel like being Miss Piggy for this many years could possibly damage your voice, but I also don't know. <laughs> I feel like most, if you're a puppeteer, you probably are just like so used to doing all these weird voices that you just like, just becomes part of you. Okay, yeah. followed. Nice. Amazing. Okay, where am I at now? Um, the scene where Kermit's shadow was dancing took 43 takes to get right. So really determined there to get a good shot or sequence, I guess. Jim Henson, apparently, so the movie was going to be called, like, The Muppet Movie 2, but I think everyone thought that was, like, really boring, so he what just... What was the first Muppet movie? Uh, it's from 1979. That's the one with, like, Rainbow Connection. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've seen that. That's pretty good, too. I always liked this one more because it was more fun, but that one's... I think most people prefer it, but... Interesting. I'd say check it out. I think there's also some bike riding in that, but Ooh. I think just with Kermit, so it's not as impressive. I guess, you know, sequels are always a little bigger is better, um, in a way. <laughs> But anyway, I guess they thought that name was boring with movie too, so they kind of had like friends and relatives suggest possible titles, and I guess it was Lisa Henson, who I think was Jim Henson's wife, come up with it. Don't quote me on that. That could be wrong. It probably is. I didn't look it up before coming. Um, surprisingly, this was Henson's feature directorial debut, despite making so many Muppet-related things. I guess he had never actually like helmed anything so in the opening if you notice so lady holidays played by diana rigg who was the main bond girl in on her majesty's secret service <laughs> and <laughs> it's not horrible i mean george, george lazenby is not great but you know anyway the jewelry store she's leaving is called the bond a oh. little little wink there by henson and co but yeah those are my fun facts for today <laughs> Those are wonderful. Oh, thank you. You know, I think my favorite celebrity cameo in uh, in this film is Oscar the Grouch from Sesame Street. When did he show up? I feel like, did I not notice? Am I just that horrible? He shows up when Miss Piggy is kicking a uh, delivery truck driver oh. out of his truck. She throws him into a pile of garbage. Yeah. And uh, Oscar pops out of a garbage can and goes, hey, what are you doing here? And the guy's <laughs> like, what are you doing here? And he says, I'm making a brief cameo. <laughs> <laughs> That's The cameos in this are like very... 
interesting cameos. Like, they're not... I feel like when most movies do cameos, it's very like, oh, wow, this person. But, like, the ones they pick here, like, kind of just random, like Peter Falk cameos and Jack Warden and then John Cleese. Like, these people who are, like... I mean, they're celebrities, obviously, but they're not, like, a huge, like... Mega star. It's not like a Zoolander sort of cameo. Yeah, I feel like they're probably just people that Jim Henson was friends with. Yeah, and just, just wanted to them put up them in the movie. I all those cameos are very funny. I love Jack Warden because he plays Kermit and Fozzie's boss, and every time he slams his hand on the table a lot, and every time he slams something, something flies in the air. And like I think at one point Gonzo flies. Gonzo in the air. does fly. In yeah, the air. so like that's really fun. Peter Falk kind of shows up and has this weird monologue. You're kind of like this is going nowhere, and then I feel like Kermit almost says this is going nowhere also. <laughs> Which is funny, but yeah, I appreciate it. Especially like the John Cleese, because that part of the movie. So like a whole subplot involves Miss Piggy pretending to be Lady Holiday, basically. And so she like goes on a date with Kermit and like tells him that she lives in this house. So she breaks into John Cleese's house and I guess pretends to be Lady Holiday and they like chase. I don't know. It's absurd. It's very absurd. But John Cleese, like his whole... The whole thing's very funny. He's incredibly English. So English. He's just like a stuffy guy who's like, why is a pig uh, taking a frog on a tour around my house? And he's so <laughs> nonchalant about it, too. He looks out the window for a second, and he's eating dinner with his wife, and she asks him, oh, what is it, dear? And he says, there's a pig climbing the side of the house. <laughs> and she goes, huh. And they just resume eating. <laughs> it's like a Monty Python sketch. It's it makes so sense. Funny. Also, I love when, like, when Miss Piggy is climbing the side of the building she says, like, next time we're getting a stunt double. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> which, of course. <laughs> which is even better than a puppet needs <laughs> a stunt double. That's, the, that's one of the most disturbing things in the movie, though, <laughs> is that when Miss Piggy does end up at the climax of the film riding a motorcycle, <laughs> all of the long shots of her riding a motorcycle are just a real person yeah, wearing a Miss Piggy, like, helmet head. It's terrifying. It's really scary because you can, you can see her to scale with <laughs> the things that she's going past, like cars. <laughs> And it just looks like a really big human-sized Miss Piggy instead of a three-foot-tall pig. It's horrible. No, it's I don't horrifying. like it. They use it a couple times. There's like a part where she's like leaving a nightclub and it's like the full Miss Piggy. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, no, like, it's that's creepy. It's really creepy. And then there's the part in the water ballet where she dives off something and it's like a full. And it's like I never want a grown woman dressed up as Miss Piggy to ever get near me. That's like <laughs> so scary. Way too I much. I don't want it. It just sounds Way horrifying. Way too much. Yeah. But yeah, Miss Piggy in this movie, what a legend! I love, legend. I love Miss Piggy so much. She's yeah. an inspiration. Do you have a favorite Muppet? Oh, Miss Piggy for Ms. sure. Miss Piggy, okay. And I think the reason why, and I think it's the reason why I like a lot of the Muppet characters. But I think for her, it's the fact that she knows what she wants. She's very self confident, and she's nothing's gonna hold her back from what she wants. And so, I think in some ways that can be a little bit annoying. She's very self involved a lot of the time. But I really admire how much she really just does not let a minute slip past her. She takes every opportunity that she can possibly get. So kudos to her. You've really thought about this. <laughs> really have. I wrote it. I kind of wrote like a little thing down. I've just internalized it. It's part of me now. Wow. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I love her. Who's you? Is Miss Piggy your favorite? Do you have a different one? No, I do, I do love Miss Piggy. She's very funny. But She's uh, I think my favorite, I don't know. It's hard. I, I like Muppets for different reasons, you That's know? True. I it's love Kermit the Frog because he's got such a great voice and just such an iconic design. Uh -huh. But I don't know the name of all the Muppets. I'm sure you oh. probably know most of them. <laughs> What's the name of the floppy dog, the brown dog who plays oh. the piano? Frig, what is Oh, Ralph. I love Ralph. I love Ralph. He's Ralph so is good. so adorable. I love Ralph. <laughs> and then I think 
my favorite, like, <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's hard. I really like Beaker. I oh, think Beaker's Beaker is so, so funny. great. Beaker's really funny. And then, uh, of course, Swedish Chef is just, oh, Swedish Chef he's is great. So good. No, there's a lot. But, and like, I, that's a, another reason I feel like I'm just saying the phrase another reason. But another reason why I think the Muppets 2 have lasted so long is because, like, all their characters are very, like, well thought out. They're very individualistic. Like, you really get a sense of all of them, even if they're really minor. And so you end up kind of just loving all these characters so much. Like, you can see why they've kind of just lasted um, in the entertainment industry as more than a fad. It's just because they all are, like, actually just well-written characters. They feel real to me. Because, like, they'll, I mean, they'll make, obviously, like, talk show appearances and stuff. And even then, like, it just, they seem real. Right. Like, if I was watching a movie, Mm -hmm. like, any movie, basically, Mm -hmm. and there was a Muppet in it who was playing a character... (laughs) It was an established Muppet. Like if I was watching, if I was watching, like I don't know, if I was watching Breaking Bad or something, and and Kermit the Frog walked on, and he was playing, uh, he was playing, I don't know, he was playing Jesse. <laughs> I, I would it. believe it. I'd believe it. I would it. believe it. They're so well thought out. Do you have a favorite? I guess you kind of mentioned some minor, but are there any like minor Muppet characters that you also really like? At all. Oh, I love the chickens. <laughs> the chickens. Are the chickens are great. The and chickens the, and, like, the rats. The rats. <laughs> the bellhop rats in this movie are that really was so funny. Fu- how did, I wonder if they coordinated that, too, because they had, like, the scene where, like, bellhop rats are carrying suitcases. And, like, you see their feet moving and, like, carrying the suitcases. But, like, how did they do it? I don't know. Mystery. Do I want to know? I no. feel like my favorite minor. I don't think he's in this movie. But there's um, Pepe the Prawn. I don't know if you've seen him, but he has—he's like Spanish and has like a Spanish accent, and he's very feisty. But I'm a huge fan of his. Also, love the what's the band's name? Like the Electric something. Yeah, they're all amazing. Janice the bassist, so good. She reminds me a lot of Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth. Actually, they both have a very <laughs> deep voice, very relaxed. But yeah, huge fans of them. Yeah. Does the guy who plays the taxi driver in this movie, the <laughs> not the guy who plays the taxi driver, is the taxi driver Muppet in this movie in any other Muppet material? I think he's been in other ones. What is his, it's, is his name Lou Zealand also? I, I think it might be Lou I think Zealand. It's Lou Zealand. That's so good. God, they're all so good. It's very, I love them very so good. much. <laughs> this makes me want to, at least they're at my house, but we own seasons one through three of the Muppet show. For some reason, they never put four and five on DVDs, which... Makes me very angry because I had some really good guests. But whatever, I'm not bitter. Um, but now I feel like I need to almost drive home just to get them and then watch them and relive my childhood and pretend that life isn't hard. <laughs> <laughs> Seems great. Speaking of life being hard, um, <laughs> there's so many things that with, could be brought up. What is with Gonzo's death wish in this movie? You know, I don't know. I feel like Gonzo, I think part of it is the fact that Gonzo. He's not really sure where he came from. He doesn't feel like he has, you know, a big place. He's kind of a whatever, which the movie calls him a whatever. And I think maybe this has made him kind of nihilistic because he doesn't, he's not really connected to anything. So he's probably just like life has no meaning. And maybe that's why. When they hail the taxi, he jumps into the road in front of it and it almost runs him over. (laughs) And Kermit asks him, why would you do that? And he says, it's great when it works. (laughs) It's wow. dark. What it's a dark. Big mood. When sure. they when they th- when they arrive in England, and because they're in luggage crates, and I guess the plane was actually going to like Scotland or something, right? They yeah. they're like, we're landing up here, but you all are getting out now. And they just open up the bay doors and start chucking the Muppets out, just right off the plane uh, in midair. 
and Kermit and Fozzie both scream because they're terrified because <laughs> yeah. they're going to fall thousands of feet. And Gonzo lets out an excited yell. Like, he's very <laughs> he's happy. Like, he's been <laughs> very happy. I've been thrown out of this plane. Thank uh, you. He's so good. I love that scene, too, because, like, he is, like, in, like, the crate, and he's watching TV somehow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The, 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 the way the crates are labeled is great. The, yeah. the crates are labeled. Is... Kermit is labeled. It says frog in like the black print. Yeah. Fozzie, it says bear. And then Gonzo, it just says whatever. <laughs> Still don't know what he is. We'll never know. He's like a weird bird. I get, yeah, just a weird bird. He's just we'll a weird bird. That. His nose too, like, there's like one point where it gets stuck in an elevator and it gets all like twisted around, like broken. And he's just kind of like, oh, oh no. Like, does, his, does he not have any feeling in his nose? Because I feel like this has happened in other... Muppet things where like terrible things will happen to it, and he's just like he just twisted it right back. It's horrifying. Yeah, so <laughs> what is he? He's impervious. What is he? What is he? I what is know. he? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that any... brings us to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Anything to add that we didn't say? I feel like I've kind of said everything I love, which is everything. <laughs> if you were gonna direct a Muppet movie, who would you have your celebrity cameo be? Or if you? No, no, no. <sighs> Yes, yes, I'll ask that, and I've got one more after that. Okay. Oh, my God. That's so hard. I think I would have to go... I don't know. I Because I feel like I would say someone, but there's, like, a really good chance that they've already cameoed, because I feel like they've had so many good guest stars over the years. That's really hard. I think maybe I'd want, like, a crossover sort of thing, so maybe another show that has puppets. Mm. I can't think of one, but I would enjoy two different, like, puppet entertainment things colliding I think wow. that would be good. It's too hard to say a specific celebrity. There's so many. What, do you have one? You have uh, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, if if, uh, if she hasn't already been on, Aubrey Plaza would be great. Oh, she would be really good. I feel like she has been on, actually. Has she been on? I could be wrong. I could just be making that she up. She might have been like, in one of those more recent Muppet movies. I feel like she might have because, well, they had, like, a TV show that lasted, like, a season, like, two years ago, I think. And mm-hmm. I feel like they had a ton of, like, cameos like her. Gotcha. Could be wrong. Don't well, me. if she's already been on there, then, you know, <laughs> good for her. Yeah. she's That's the career landmark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was the other question? Did you have another question? Oh, if you were going to cameo in a Muppet movie, what would you want your role to be? Um, I think a jogger. <laughs> yeah? Because you, you, you got the look I'm, down now. You know, I have it down. So if they needed me right now to, like, make a cameo, I'm ready. I yeah. could be a jogger. Yeah. Do you have a specific role? Oh, I'd want to be working in a kitchen with Swedish Chef. Oh, just, that would be really just fun. Just like he'd be, he'd be saying yeah. "Hurrah, dinger, hurrah, dinger," and that I would be like, "Oh yes, of course, Chef," and then yeah. like bring him his his bowl of uh, I don't know pre-mixed eggs. Yeah, I'd love to try his food. You know, just I just like the idea of a joke where he's just saying all that, and then I I can understand him. What they should do, I wonder if they've tried this, is have a cooking show where he is cooking and like he legitimately, like they make something with all the Muppet gear on. They make the food as the Swedish chef. That'd be that, really good. Has that been done? Maybe. Let's pitch that to, I don't know who runs the Muppets. I think Brian does. We'll let Brian know. We'll let him know. Yeah. <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Let's do our recommendations. All right. Um, so I just went with a general, what are my favorite Muppet movies, I guess. So... One of them is Muppets from Space, which is from 1999, and that one is kind of centered on um, Gonzo's origin story. Turns out he's an alien, but they don't really say, like, what kind of alien, but he is from a different planet. I believe, and it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I believe that they all, they listen to funk music all the time, and so when their, his family, when their spacecraft lands, 
Um, it does sound like they're playing like P-Funk or something. So that's really fun. Andy McDowell's in it. I don't, I think Michael Keaton might be in it as the humans. Not positive. Miss Piggy has some good scenes in it as usual. So check that out. I also really like The Muppets Wizard of Oz, which I think was a TV movie. I'm not positive. But that one has Ashanti as Dorothy and then Queen Latifah as, is it Annie M? Is that her name? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's that. So it's basically just like The Wizard of Oz. I'm trying to think of who everyone plays. I think Fozzie plays the Cowardly Lion. Gonzo plays the Tin Man. I'm trying to think of who Kermit is. I know Miss Piggy's the Witches, though, so that's like a fun touch. She's a great Wicked Witch of the West. But yeah, very funny. Who plays Dorothy? Ashanti. The oh, R&B Ashanti. singer, yeah. Which I don't even feel like she was relevant when that came out. Like, I feel like she was only relevant in like 2001 maybe. And then, you know, she's just kind of been chilling since. I'll have, so. to, I'll have to see if I can get this. This sounds fascinating. Who does Kermit play? I, uh, I, th- I think maybe the Scarecrow. I haven't seen it for a long time, <laughs> but I thought it was really funny. And it has the same sort of humor. So can definitely appreciate that. But those are my recommendations. But also check out like The Muppet Movie, obviously. And The Muppet Show. Great, great television program. <laughs> yeah, what about you? It's funny that you mentioned the, the Muppets Wizard of Oz because one of my recommendations is just the regular Wizard of Oz. <laughs> wow, uh, there Because you go. I feel like the Muppets and the Great Muppet Caper go on kind of a similar journey mm-hmm. as uh, the whole crew. They don't learn quite as many lessons no, along the way. They don't. <laughs> but I think that some of the relationships between the Tin Man and the Lion and the Scarecrow versus... Gonzo and uh, Kermit and Fozzie. I think they're they have a similar dynamic, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's why. And then my other recommendation is also a Muppet movie. I would recommend <gasps> the newer The Muppets from 2011. Oh, that's really good, yeah. Um, which I didn't expect to be good, but it oh, was how dare very you. good. <laughs> Wasn't there a movie after that? Yeah, there's Muppets Most Wanted, and Tina Fey was in it. And I think she played like a Russian. Was it good? Uh. I liked it a lot. I thought the the Muppets from 2011 was better, but it was still really fun. So awesome. I appreciate it. I'm gonna have to check of, it out. Lots of celebrity cameos in that one too. So gotta love it. All right, we're good. I think we're good. Okay, I think we covered all our. We bases. nailed it. Yeah, we're killing it. <laughs> well, if you want to hear more of us talking about Muppets, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Android, TuneIn, Stitcher Radio. And on our website, uwpodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the Filmcast for all of the uh, quintessential Muppet-related updates <laughs> and otherwise. Uh, you can find us on our personal accounts at Aiden Walkrow or at Blake W. Peterson, where I'm sure there will also be some Muppet-related tweets in the coming weeks. If you want to write to us about a suggestion or just want to share your thoughts, you can reach us at cinemadventurepodcast at gmail.com. If you like the show, please share it with a friend and we can get the word out on it. If you want to follow along with us next week, we're going to be discussing Marvel's Black Panther. There you go. There you go. I'm very excited. Thank you all very much for listening. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I hope you watch. This is on HBO Go. So it is on HBO Go. Go ahead and watch it. Please, yeah, I beg you. Get on there. Your life will be so much better. I've been Aiden Walker. I Wait, you've been Aiden Walker? That's right. I've been Blake Pearson. Maybe other people. We can't know for sure. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye. <laughs>
Did you know Peruvians have their own type of Chinese food? Or that Vietnamese food is heavily influenced by French cuisine? Have you ever wondered what other cultures' drunk food is like? Explore these topics and more right here on the Soundbite Network. My name is Didi Madigan, and I'm the host of Home Plates, a podcast all about food. Catch up on the first season of Home Plates on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and Stitcher. New episodes air every Wednesday. For more like this and other great shows covering sports, science, relationships, and the arts, visit the Soundbites website, uwpodcast.com. That's uwpodcast.com.